Hello, and welcome to The Journey's podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out The Journey live at one of our two Metro New York locations, including Queens and Manhattan. Visit journeyqueens.com for service times and directions. Now let's join Pastor of The Journey Queens, Mike Cooper, as he teaches live. Only New York can it go from 70 degrees last week to two inches of snow this week, right? Am, Am I true? Only New York. That's why during the greeting time I saw some of y'all are hugging people you don't even know, holding on to them, just getting some warm embrace. I hear you. But I, I'm glad that you're here. My name is Mike. I'm the lead pastor. I uh, just want to share with you, before we dive into today's message, uh, right after this service, we've got our first membership class of the year. And so if you're here today and you said, man, for New Year's, one of my biggest goals is be more committed to my church or learn what this church is all about. Uh, right after the service at our offices, we have a membership class and a free lunch is provided. So that's a bonus. Uh, But we'd love for you to consider checking that out. All the details are in a flyer that are in your program. And uh, we'd be honored to have you here at our membership class today. Now, uh, today, as we're about to dive into our message, we are in the middle of a a five-week series called Treat Yourself, right? Treat Yourself. And we're talking about a new you for the new year. And so we've been talking about some of the most important areas of health as we enter this decade, but also as we enter this new year as well. And uh, before we dive in deep to this morning's topic, I just want to start with just a simple question. And it's how many of you here have ever been stuck before? How many of you just show of hands you've ever been stuck? Whether it's driving down the Van Wick and, uh, you know, there's traffic jam or you're in a subway train and it's delayed 15 minutes because of a sick passenger or train traffic ahead. You know what I'm talking about. If you're, you're in that front car and you look ahead, you don't see other trains, but train traffic ahead for 10 minutes. Or maybe you're driving and you get a flat tire and there you are stuck on the side of the highway. By show of hands, how many of you here have ever been stuck before? Just show us how how many here, all of us, right? And being stuck is a terrible feeling, right? To not be able to have any control, you're just there in the moment. Uh, Last Saturday, I had a moment when I was stuck. Uh, Last Saturday uh, was the NFL playoffs that were happening. And by NFL, I'm talking about my favorite sport called football, American football, right? Not football where score ends in a tie, but real American pigskin football, right? And so it was playoff time. And there was this one game that was starting at eight o'clock and I hurried up. Everything was timed perfectly. If I could get my kids in bed by this time, I could heat up some popcorn, relax, chill, watch my game. And so everything was working according to plan. The kids are in bed, they're fighting in bed, but it doesn't matter, just ignore them, we got to watch the football game, right? And so I'm ready to roll, popcorn is popping, and I'm ready to go, and i got to take the dog out real quick. So, all right, we're going to go outside, we are going to rush, it doesn't matter, we've got 30 seconds left, doesn't matter if you're not done, we are going to go outside, right? And so we ride the elevator down, take them outside, everything is working perfectly, get back in the elevator, got about a minute to spare, as the elevator's going up, it stops at the third floor. I live on the fourth floor. As it stops on the third floor, I figure no big deal. We live in an older building. They call it a pre-war building. That just means really old, right? And so we're in this building. I figure no big deal. I just push the door open and go up one flight of stairs to watch my game. I go to push the door open, and it's still closed. Just me and my dog in this elevator, and we're stuck. 
So I figured, no problem. I'll just pull out my phone and call my wife, tell her I'm here, just open the door and it'll release, go to pull out my phone. I left my phone inside the apartment. Not good, right? Oh, no. Here I am. Is anybody out there at this moment? Lord, if you hear my prayer, just have a stranger walk by, right? So sure enough, a lady walks by. Here's the knocking on the door, the pounding. Ask the question, are you stuck? No, I just like to pound on the door in the elevator for fun. Yes, I am stuck. And then she says this big question when I knew we have a problem. She said, why didn't you read the sign? It said, elevator not working. I said, what sign? Not good, right? So she says, just try to kick the door open. Maybe it will release. So I did my best UFC style type kick as best I can. Conor McGregor ain't got nothing. Kicked that door as hard as I could. Nothing happened. No phone stuck on the third floor, kicking the door with all my might. And I am stuck at this point. Danielle wonders, what is going on with Mike and the dog? I mean, is the dog okay? What is happening? So she starts to leave the apartment, try to look, and she notices by the time she gets to the third floor, this scene, if you go ahead and put up the next slide, this scene it has uh, go ahead and shown right there. So what happened was we called 311, who called the fire department. The fire department come with their pickaxe and their crowbar and everything. Still, the magnet's not releasing. They call the elevator mechanic. The elevator mechanic comes. After 45 minutes of being stuck in the elevator, I was set free. Woo. But the football game was already at halftime by the time I got out. Being stuck is not a good feeling. And one of the things, one of the downsides of this elevator mishap is for the past seven days, the elevator hasn't been working. Now, I said I live on the fourth floor, right? So what that means is I got to go up the steps, down the steps, up the steps, down the steps. Some of you Fitbit-type people, you're like, that's awesome. No, that is punishment, right? That is purgatory, right? That is, that is not fair. And so every time, Blake's got to go to school. Got to pick him up from school. The dog goes out about five times a day, up the stairs, down the stairs. Got to go to work, up the stairs, down the stairs, right? And so one of the things that I learned really quickly this week is I am out of shape. I just do not like stairs, and I don't like climbing four flights to get to wherever I need to go. Now, to be honest, it's kind of helped me realize today's topic, because today what we're going to talk about is the topic of physical health, right? Uh, we talked two weeks ago about spiritual health. Last week, we talked about relational health. Today, we're going to focus on the number one New Year's resolution that everybody has just about every year, and it's physical health. Now, maybe you're here today, and like me, you struggle with this topic, right? For me, my first ever job at the age of 16 was I worked for the Golden Arches, a.k.a. McDonald's, right? I was the fry flipper, the burger flipper. I was them all in one. And somebody always said, they said, when you see how we make the food, you are never going to want to eat there again. I went there last week. I was eating. No, I love the Big Mac and the French fries. Some of you guys are like, I can't believe he eats at McDonald's. You went to Burger King and you ate the Impossible Burger. You don't even know what's in that thing, right? At least it's not meat, but it's got something else in there we don't know about, right? And so maybe for you, you relate to this. You're like, man, is it, you got this choice. Do I cook myself or do I order seamless? That's not a choice. Let's do seamless, right? And so you're like, I would rather order. Or for you, maybe your only type of exercise like me is chasing down the Q23 bus because you missed it. Wait, and you start running. Or the E-train to catch it on time. And so for many of us, what happens with our physical health is we'll take one step forward, 
two steps backwards, right? We'll, we'll lose a few pounds, then we'll gain a few pounds. We'll kick a bad habit for about a week, and then we'll pick that bad habit back up times two and be fully enthralled in that bad habit. And every year, when we count down and there's people at the Times Square watching the ball drop, wearing the hats and all that stuff, every year, the number one goal that we set for ourselves has to deal with physical health, right? To lose weight, kick a bad habit, or to exercise more. But the question is, why do so many of us fall short, right? Why do so many of us start the year wanting to do well, but then by the time it turns January 19th, we're like, I'm going to do that next year. Did I say new me for the new year? Well, technically it's 2020. It's a new decade. So I've got 10 years now to make this new year's happen. Why is it that so many of us, we start off strong, but then we fail so miserably right up front? I think a big piece of it has to deal with this idea called vision. And many of us, we don't really have a vision for what we want and what we're hoping for. Uh, Solomon, he writes this in our notes. In fact, if you go ahead and grab your message notes, uh, one of the wisest people who ever lived talks about this concept of vision. In your notes, he says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. That's a powerful statement. When there is no vision, the people, they perish. Now, we're going to look at this verse, but first, let me just explain what Solomon is not saying. Because if you read this verse literally, it's a little bit scary, right? When there is no vision, when it comes to our physical health, the people perish. What I'm not saying and what Solomon is not saying is that if you did not set a New Year's goal to lose weight or kick a bad habit, you're going to die tomorrow morning. No, that is not what Solomon is saying. But when he says this word perish, he's almost talking about like a fruit that kind of spoils or goes bad over time. Right, we do this all the time, right? New year, new me. So I'm going to go out there, I'm going to buy kale. I don't know what kale is. I'm going to buy kale chips. I don't know what kale chips are. And then I'm going to buy apples and bananas. And then they just sit there in the fridge. And over time, they just kind of deteriorate, right? They, they look nice and ripe. Then they start to turn a little bit brown. Then fruit flies come. Where do fruit flies come from? I don't know. But then they come. And then over time, it just kind of withers. And what Solomon is saying here is that when we don't have a vision for our lives, and if we look at it physically, then over time we just kind of drift. We just kind of gravitate towards what culture is or what things always are like. In other words, everyone ends up somewhere. Few people are going to get there on purpose. Everyone ends up somewhere. Few people get there on purpose. And that's what this whole series is about. How do we help each other get there on purpose? So two weeks ago, we talked about spiritual health, and we gave you five questions, or sorry, four questions to ask yourself, to give you a blueprint on, on how to grow spiritually like never before. Last week, we talked about relational health, and we said that all of us here, we're a product of the people that we surround ourselves by. And so we, we encourage you guys, look at who you're around. Develop godly friendships and growth groups is an important way to do that. But today, what we're going to talk about is this area of physical health. Uh, how do I stay healthy? How do I set goals that I can achieve? But also a big question is, what does God's word have to say about my physical health? Now, if we scan the Bible and try to find, you know, first health chapter one, it, it's not really listed there, but all throughout the Bible, it gives us some principles to understand what does God's word have to say about our physical bodies. And I want to start this morning by looking at a verse, Mark chapter 12, 
verse 30 in our notes. Uh, here's what happens, just to kind of paint the picture. A guy approaches Jesus and basically says, Jesus, there's a lot of laws to follow, a lot of rules and customs. If you could boil it down to one thing, what is the most important thing a follower of Christ should do? And Jesus responds with this statement. Let's read this out loud together in our notes, starting with and. Ready? Go. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So Jesus here says, in its core, the goal for you and I is to love God with everything we've got. All of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And so if we look at this verse and we look at it from the angle of physical health, how do we love God with all of our heart physically? How do we love God with all of our mind when it comes to physical health? How do we love God with all of our soul and all of our strength? How do we honor God with the gift that he's given to us, which is our physical bodies? I want to break it down and give you four steps or four ways that we can love God and honor him through our health. Number one, the first aspect is this concept of heart. How do we love God with all of our heart? The answer is to eat my way toward a healthier life. To eat my way toward a healthier life. Uh, to fulfill God's will for your life, for every aspect of your life, eating healthy is so important. I mean, it's impossible for us to fulfill God's will and God's potential for our life if our bodies eventually let us down. And so that's why it's so important to pay attention to what we eat. Uh, just a couple of recent statistics on where the average American is when it comes to their health. Eight out of 10 Americans over the age of 25 are considered to be overweight. Eight out of 10 over the age of 25. Uh, not only that, but obesity is the second leading cause of preventable death. Smoking or, or vaping is now number one, but obesity is number two, the second leading cause of preventable death. This other interesting stat that I read, it said that 85% of all heart patients, those who had a serious heart condition that had to go to the hospital, whether it's for surgery or for something, 85% of all heart patients end up quitting their healthy regimen within six months of their doctor telling them, you need to do this in order to live. 85% quit within six months. For many of us, if we're honest, our greatest problem is that we know what we should be doing, but we just don't do it, right? We don't really have the discipline to see it through. And many of us, we probably resound with what Paul says here in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. In our notes, he says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. You know, we might look at this verse and translate it like this, the, the things I shouldn't eat, I end up eating, right? The, the things that I should eat, I end up not eating. I don't understand myself. And, and maybe for you, if you're honest, maybe you can relate to uh, what I want to call is John Maxwell's five rules for healthy eating. John Maxwell is a famous uh, leadership author and businessman, also a Christ follower. And he wrote this down. He said, here are the five rules for healthy eating. Having a little fun here, but see if you relate to this. Rule number one for John Maxwell, if no one sees you eating it, it has no calories, right? That would be good, right? No one sees you eating it. Okay, it's got no calories, right? Here's rule number two. Rule number two is if you drink a diet soft drink with a candy bar, the two cancel each other out, right? You got diet, you got a candy bar, it's all good, right? Here's rule number three. I love this one. We say this, we believe this at the journey. If you pray before a meal, whatever you eat after that prayer 
doesn't count, right? Whatever we pray after that meal doesn't count. Here's rule number four that he has. Foods used for medicinal purposes never count. Foods like Cheesecake Factory, Hostess Twinkies, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, come on now, right? They don't count because that's technically medicine, right? And then here's his last rule. Rule number five is the secret to looking thinner is to get other people around you to gain the weight. All right. But we get this idea, right? Self-discipline is really hard in our culture today. Why is self-discipline so hard? Because I'm making a choice today to not do something or do something hoping that the results pay off later. And let's face it, we live in instant gratification culture right now. I want to see something now. And so for many of us, we don't see how that affects our bodies. You know, for some of us, it might be, we want the suntan today, but tomorrow that leads to skin cancer. For others of us, it might mean, you know, I want to be the life of the party right now. Drink the beer, play the beer pong, be the expert at all of that. But then later, then we've got the beer belly because of it. You know, maybe for us, it's the supersized meal right now, supersized body later. And so what we've got to do is discipline ourselves today for our future. Discipline is simply doing what I can do today at this moment so that I can do tomorrow what others can't. It's doing what I can do today so that I can do tomorrow what others can't. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says this. It says, so whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So maybe for some of you, what that means, you got to monitor what you, what you eat. You can't eat burgers at Shake Shack every day, right? And, and don't say that I'm eating greens because the lettuce on the bun is, there's my greens. No, you got to eat more. Something called a salad would be helpful, right? Uh, maybe for others of you, what you got to do is pull out your smartphone and delete the Seamless app, the DoorDash app, the Uber Eats app, and all the above. Why? Because you're eating out seven times a week. Uh, maybe for you, what it is is to join a gym and to work hard so that you don't end up like this. Take a look. What's up, ladies? All right. Let's light this candle. So you don't want to end up like that, right? So how do we love God with all of our heart? It's eating our way to a healthier life. Number two, the second step in our notes is mind. How do we love God with all of our mind? We learn to renew our minds. We learn to renew our minds. Now, one of the most popular places to visit in China 
is something known as the Great Wall of China. Anybody ever been there before? Great Wall of China? Quite a few. And uh, so this wall, as you see it behind me, it was completed around 7th century B.C., and it stretches over 1,500 miles long. It is so large that it's been said that one could see it from space while orbiting Earth. And the reason why this wall was built it was to prevent their cities from being attacked from the outside. However, once they completed this wall, within the first 100 years, they were invaded three times. Now, how is that? You build this giant wall. The walls are so thick that it's almost impossible And within the first 100 years, it's invaded three times. What happened was the enemy would convince the gatekeeper to let them in. And if they could let just one person in, they were vulnerable. And if they let one person in, they could simply open up for attack from the inside. You see, the same is true for us when it comes to our minds. The key to a healthy body often starts with a healthy mind. Now, let's face it, we all face temptation from time to time, right? The desire to step away from God's best and God's plan for our life. And temptation always begins within our minds. And so that's why it's important to guard and filter what we choose to enter our minds, especially one of the toughest areas is the area of sexual temptation. Paul talks about this in your notes, Ephesians chapter 5. He says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Then he says, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. So Paul's advice for us is to stay away from sexual temptation. Now let's face it, it can be hard for us sometimes because it is everywhere that we go, right? Uh, We can listen to Radio Disney for our kids and they're singing a song and you're like, I don't even know what this means. We're going to change this song here, right? Or you could simply be waiting for the bus, and the bus pulls up, and in the front it says Museum of Sex, right? Oh, my, it's even on the buses, right? It is everywhere that we go, but the problem is a lot of times culture has normalized it, right? They just kind of normalize it. This is how everyday life goes, and this is what it's all about. For, for example, one of, the, one of the biggest shows last year was a show called Game of Thrones, right? Game of Thrones was a big show. It completed its, its final run, But if you were to really look at it, sources say that there was a hardcore sex scene about once every 25 to 30 minutes in the entirety of the show, once every 25 to 30 minutes. The most popular book in the 2010s was a little book called Fifty Shades of Grey, right? It was a book about sexual fantasies. Then there's all these other shows, movies that are out there today like Love Island. I don't even know what that is, but Love Island or movies like Hustlers or a show called Fleabag. And all of what it does is it normalizes sexual immorality. But the problem is what the movie screen or what Hollywood doesn't show you is sometimes the pain that it could cause by giving in to these temptations. Uh, Let me give you just a couple of recent stats that have shown about this. 48% of Christian families have admitted that pornography is a big problem in their household. 48% is about one out of two. Every year, the adult film industry takes in $56 billion. That's more money than Major League Baseball, more money than the National Football League, more money than the NBA and the NHL combined, right? One-third of those who struggle with pornography are women. So it's not just an issue that men face, but it's an issue for all of us. And what I've seen is as a pastor, how much it's affected relationships, marriages, families, 
It's affected people's past, their present, and their future. And so what we've got to do is we've got to renew our minds. How do you do that? Well, the first step is you've got to have a greater view of God than the temptation that you're facing. If you're always thinking about don't give into that temptation, don't give into that temptation, don't give into that, that temptation, guess what? You're going to fall into that temptation. Why? Because you're thinking about it nonstop. Think about God. Focus in on God. Scripture says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So don't focus on the world. Focus in on God. Uh, another thing that we've got to do is just pay attention to what do we watch on TV? What do we allow in our uh, phones? What do we allow as we watch movies and uh, on our playlists? Remember, these networks, they are not concerned about your family values. These networks, all they want is your money, right? So more money, more they can do whatever they want. So think through that. Watch what you're watching. Put filters if necessary. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Then he says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. So you've got to capture these wrong thoughts and make it obedient to Christ through his word. So how do I love God? Well, through my heart, I eat my way toward a healthier life. Through my mind, I ask God to renew my mind. Number three in your notes, soul, is I learn to get the proper rest. I learn to get the proper rest. God created all of us to need rest. Even God rested. Right? Everything that we could see with our own eyes, all of creation, was created in six days. And it says on the seventh day, God stepped back and he rested. And what's amazing is not just that God rested, but that he called that day holy. He called it sacred. He even calls this word a Sabbath. And so much so that he made this in the top 10 of his commandments, right? That when we don't take a break from work and when we don't rest, we're literally breaking one of his 10 commandments. Now, let's be honest, church. We're not really good at rest, are we? I mean, New York, our culture, we move at the speed of light. And sometimes for us New Yorkers, the speed of light is too slow, right? We're always doing something. Either we got to side hustle or we got to be focused here and do this or we got to achieve that. And life moves really fast here in the city. And sometimes just to be noticed, just to keep up, we've got to match that same speed. And because of all of this, we fail to take rest and our bodies break down. Uh, for some of us, it's the issue of our smartphones, right? We have a hard time not pulling it out and looking at our smartphone, right? For some of you, you're doing good. You haven't looked at it in three minutes. That's a record, right? But for others of us, uh, sources say the average person touches their smartphone, you know, tap, 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 2,600 times a day. The average person. Some of us, were over average. We're like 5,000 plus. But you get the idea. We're, we're distracted. We never rest. And for some of us, another thing that's an issue is this idea of sleep. Right, that, that we just we don't really make time to, to rest when it comes to sleep. Right? For some of us, we'll lay down in bed and we're about to go to sleep and we pull out our phone and check out Facebook. 49 minutes later, I'm still on Facebook. I've wasted, I, I'm missing my sleep. Others of you, you're tired and you're ready to go to sleep, but you're like, I'm going to watch one show on Netflix, right? And you're watching this show, and for 45 minutes, it is a waste of time. You're like, what's happening? I don't understand what's going on. Then that final 30 seconds, they got that hook. And you're like, 
I got to go to bed, but I need to watch one more show. I don't know what's going to happen. I got, I got to see this, right? And so many of us, we miss out on the proper sleep that we need. And we do this all the time. We go to bed at like 1 o'clock in the morning, and we're like, it's okay. I'll just sleep in a little bit, and I'll catch up on the back end. But the problem is, scientists, they know that our deepest REM cycle happens between the hours of 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. So that is the time that we need our rest the most. So if you stay up till 2 in the morning and you're like, it's okay, I'm going to sleep until 11 in the morning, when you wake up at 11, guess what usually happens? You're more tired than you were before. Why? Because your brain did not allow it to get into that REM cycle between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. So what you've got to do is ask yourself, am I getting the proper rest? Am I honoring God by taking the Sabbath every week where I'm resting completely from work? Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, it says this. It says, be still and know that I'm God. See, the two equal each other, right? Sometimes to know God, we've got to be still and remind ourselves that we are not human doings, but we are human beings. God, he won't shout over the noise of our lives. Sometimes he's waiting for us to be still so that we could truly know that he is God. So how do we do this? How do we rest? Uh, Let me give you three ways to rest in your notes. The first thing you've got to do is divert daily. Three ways to rest. Number one is divert daily. What you got to do is you got to have some point in your life every day where you divert away from the distractions or from work and just find ways to re-energize you. Maybe for you, your trade or where you work is you're, you're very resourceful with your hands. And so in order to divert from that, maybe it's just simply something to renew your mind, like reading a book that gives you that rest and re-energizes you. And maybe for others of you, you sit behind a computer desk every day. And so you got a computer screen, you're always working with your mind. Maybe for you to rest is to do something with your hands, like playing a sport or Christian Zumba, who knows, right? But, but one of the things that I'm learning is what happens at work has got to stay at work. What happens at home has got to stay at home. Too many times we say, I'm just going to bring this home. I'm just going to, I need, I got this big project. It's just this one time and we do work while we're at home. And sometimes you say it's just a busy season, but if you really think about it, it's been four years now. It's not a season. It's a problem. There are far more important things at life than work. So what happens at work, it's got to stay at work. What happens at home, it's got to stay at home. The second way that we rest is to withdraw weekly. I withdraw weekly. What this is, is you take a day off from work. What it's, it's one of God's laws, and he says to break the Sabbath. He literally calls it a sin. Now, as a pastor, sometimes people will approach me, and they'll talk to me all like spiritualese and in d- different languages and stuff, you know, pastor, ah, ah, brother, ah, how are you, ah, you know, and th- oh, hey. And so uh, every now and then, I'll have someone that will tell me, they'll say, you know, pastor, I'm working so hard, but guess what? The devil ne- never takes a day off, so why should I, right? The, the devil, he doesn't take a day off, so why should I take a day off? It's simple. The devil was never meant to be the person we follow, right? We're not supposed to live the devil's example, right? God rested. He asked you to rest as well. And so what you need is a 24-hour time frame where you're not at work, you're not at home answering emails, and every once in a while, you've got to take that smartphone and shut it off. Did you know that every smartphone is equipped with an off button? Did you know that? If you pull out your phone on the right-hand side, there's that weird little button, and if you hold it, it will actually turn off. It is crazy, right? So withdraw weekly. And then number three, abandon annually. I've got to abandon annually. And what this is, is a vacation. You need a vacation 
once a year to just simply get away. And let me just say, a staycation doesn't count. I believe one of the best areas of stewardship for our lives is simply using up our vacation time. You know, and so go somewhere you've never been before. Create lasting memories with your family. Do something fun and meaningful. I've heard it said this, that don't accumulate wealth, accumulate experiences. A lot of times, how do we accumulate experiences? It's when we abandon annually, go on a vacation and just be with family and accumulate experiences. All right, uh, go ahead and turn to the back of your notes. The last part, strength is the power of exercise. The power of exercise. I love God with all of my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength, which is the power of exercise. Now, 10 years ago, I had a big wake-up call with this one area. It was New Year's Eve, and uh, we had just finished the holidays, and Danielle and I were sitting at home, and we were talking about goals. What goals should we set? And, and to be honest, I was stumped 10 years ago. I was like, I don't know what goal I should set. Danielle, what, should, what goal should I set? And she said, I think you need to lose weight. What? Are you kidding me right now? What is she talking about? I am young. I am fit. I am in the prime of my life. This girl is crazy. I'm going to have to pray for her, right? So, so to prove her wrong, I decided, let me just go to my wardrobe and show you all the clothes, all this stuff, and every tag had an XL or a 2XL on it. That can't be right. That's not, something's wrong with this. So I said, okay, let's step on the scale. To prove her wrong, let's step on the scale and see what it said. The scale didn't even give me a number. It said, go to the gym right away. No, I'm just kidding. But immediately, right then and there, I knew I got to make some big changes, especially in the area of exercise. And so what I did was I took this plan, the heart, how do I eat healthy, mind, how do I renew my mind, soul, how do I take the proper rest and strength, exercise. And so within a five-month period, I was able to lose 45 pounds within a five-month period. And I say all that to say, I'm just an average guy who needs to lose weight again, but an average guy who just worked hard and did it. And if I can do it, I know as your pastor that you can do it as well. And so a few ways that we've got to care for our bodies. First is to have a routine checkup. Have a physical done every year. No matter how healthy you feel, have a physical done. Most insurance companies, they, they provide this for free, so it's something free to your advantage. Use it up and do it. Uh, second, another way is just develop a routine for exercising. For me right now, my exercising is going up four flights of stairs, down four flights of stairs. But, you know, for others, it's simply to just do something that raises your pulse to a maximum level for about 20 minutes at a time. And you've got to do this about three to four times a week to be healthy and exercise your heart. Another thing that you can do is simply to face addictions and overcome them. If you're facing addictions like alcohol or smoking, deal with it now. Because if you say, I'm going to deal with it later, later it's always greater and more, it hurts more people. So deal with it now and join a support group. If it's overeating, having too many sweets, find a way to overcome. God's Word says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. It says, don't you realize that your body is the what? It says the the temple of the Holy Spirit. Underline that phrase. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Then he says, so you must honor God with your body. Now, when we read the Bible, we realize the presence of God is a very big deal. You know, in Exodus, the presence of God is symbolized by a pillar of a cloud by day and a pillar of a fire by night to lead the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land. 
as they're traveling throughout the, 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 uh, the wilderness, also they create a tabernacle, a, a, this uh, kind of this portable stand-up worship space to signify the presence of God. Once they get to the promised land, they build the temple, which symbolizes God's presence. Once Jesus came to the scene and he gave up his life on the cross and resurrected and ascended into heaven, he now tells you and I that my presence lives in you. And so when he says here that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, what he's saying is your body is sacred. What you do with your body matters. And so the question is, how are you caring for your body right now? I mean, if it's safe to say that life is a gift from God, then could it be that our gift back to God is how we treat our physical bodies? And so you've got to ask yourself today, what are you doing with the gift that's been given to you? What is one step that you could take today to move forward toward physical health and honoring God in this area? Let's take a moment and let's pray. God, we thank you for this time where we can look to your word and uh, talk about such an important topic, how to honor you with our bodies. And God, for many of us, uh, we, want it, we know we need to do well in this area. We want to do well in this area. But so many of us, we struggle with the discipline to do it, myself included. And so God, I pray that you give us the strength today to identify what area do we need to go to work on, whether it's eating right, whether it's exercising, whether it's renewing our minds or taking rest or even for some of us, it might be all the above. But God, help us to value our health and value our bodies the way that you do. Help us today to take these important steps. And if there's anyone here today who's never placed their faith or their trust in you, God, I pray that you help us to surrender our lives before you for the first time today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.